Good everybody, my name is Jason Lane. You're listening to the first official episode of the Sports Business Essentials Podcast. On this podcast, we'll be chopping up about all the ins and outs of sports business, sports culture, and everything in between. To kick off this series, I'll be diving into the world of corporate partnerships and sports sponsorships. Mainly focusing on the team and league side, I'll be explaining what each is, what the differences are, and how they differ from the collegiate level to the pros. If that sounds interesting, let's hop into it. So what are corporate partnerships? What are corporate sponsorships? Are they the same? Is there a difference between the two? A lot of times people clump these two together into the same bucket and while they are very similar, there are some very intricate differences that make them unique. First, corporate partnerships in sports are the professional relationships that a brand or company agrees to enter into with a sports team, a sports league, or a sports entity. A corporate partnership is defined as a mutually beneficial relationship formed between an organization and a sports entity whose purpose is to pursue a common goal based on the shared values of of participating organizations. That's just a long-winded way of saying a company is partnering with a sports organization, organization to drive a common mission. It can be centered around charity, like with a nonprofit. It can be centered around advertising, or it can be agreed upon for financial reasons like ROI, bring up the bottom line, etc. To give an example, the Washington Capitals partner with the grocery chain Giant to create OVOs, a fun twist on a breakfast cereal centered around Alex Ovechkin. Not only was Giant able to generate revenue by selling over like 100,000 units, but part of the proceeds from that campaign went towards the Children's Cancer Foundation. This gave Giant the platform and the IP of the Caps to spread their message, boost their brand image, and support a cause that both the Caps and Giants cared deeply about. Corporate sponsorships, on the other hand, in my mind, are a little bit different. Most of the time, the two terms are used interchangeably, and if you're talking about it to someone in the industry, they'll know what you're saying if you use either one, but for the sake of breaking it down and being educational here, sponsorships are when a brand or company pays the team, the league, or entity to sponsor an event, a team, a game, etc. Essentially paying the team or league to promote and market their brand alongside yours. You can turn on any sporting event in the world and you'll see corporate sponsors everywhere. All that signage, messaging, etc. is companies buying the advertising space to target the viewers and fans associated with that team. Now, that Caps and Giant example is one that was like beautifully ed- uh, executed in the public eye, but not all necessarily get that much press. There are times, and, and this is more typical of smaller sports teams like minor league baseball or teams that either don't bring in a whole ton of revenue or just have big projects that they want to complete, but there are times in which a partnership or sponsorship can be sought out to subsidize costs. For example, if I'm a minor league baseball team and I'm looking at my books and I say, okay, janitorial service, but I don't have the budget for it, my partnership team can go out and find like a service master or an ABM or insert generic janitorial service. Uh, or something and instead of them paying the team in cash they trade their services for the advertising assets so in exchange for you serving as a janitorial service of our venues we'll give you assets to advertise directly to our fans aka subsidizing that cost that we would have had to pay for the gen in this case it would probably be like an outfield wall sign or something like that 
but this is what is called a trade deal or a business back deal. Now, when you look at how much money is spent on sports sponsorship across all leagues, it's an absurd amount. It varies by team, league, and location, obviously, but a good amount of teams are set up to where almost a third or more of their revenue source is from sponsorships. That's a huge percentage if you think about it. And maybe I'll do an episode breaking down how sports franchises make money and where their revenue sources come from, but um, if you guys want me to do that, then let me know, but that's for another time for now. But that, that's another reason why sports sponsorship have evolved so much over the years. You know, not too long ago, sports sponsorships were more of like a feel-good thing. Like people just loved seeing their logos on a big sign or in a venue. And now these relationships are so data-driven. And with the advent of uh, like Facebook ads and analytic-driven content, everyone is so in tune with exactly what the ROI is on each campaign and what partnership is. And that's for good reason. You know, these deals can get up into the six, seven, eight figures sometimes. So... You have to be able to justify that level of spending if you're like a CMO or a marketing manager, whoever handles these sponsorships. But anyways, let's get into why each party engages in these type of agreements. Outside of the obvious revenue generation from marketing and whatnot, teams can seek out these partnerships for charitable work. Uh, if they're looking to align with a certain brand or nonprofit for whatever reason, or if they're just trying to improve community visibility. I was at a conference recently and the CMO of the Jacksonville Jaguars was was talking about their campaign to tap into the community and get them to buy into the franchise. And that's ultimately where the recognizable hashtag Duval came from. To boost that internal marketing campaign, they had to partner with the local companies that embodied the message of the community to get their brand out there. On the flip side of that coin, brands can leverage the power of sports to tell a compelling story. I can't tell you how powerful sports sponsorships can be if executed correctly. Whether they're pushing new products or services or trying to improve their public image, Consciously and subconsciously, partnering with a sports brand can have such a huge impact on public perception of a brand. On top of that, hey, a lot of people love sports, including employees of said companies. So that's a way a lot of companies can utilize these partnerships as well through hospitality spaces to drive business development and employee satisfaction. Now, here's another compelling reason why partnership makes sense for brands. The use of marks in athlete marketing campaigns. Now, at the time of this recording, this only applies to professional sports teams, but very, very soon, I see that changing with the coming of NIL and uh, the NIL era in college athletics. But again, topic for a future episode if you're all interested in that. But to go back to what I was saying, pro teams can have immense leverage when it comes to brands executing athlete marketing campaigns to the full ex extent because they own all the logos. They own all the team marks. They own the rights to use the team colors in a certain way. So if a brand wants to use the team logos for any reason, they have to pay to do so. Let me give you two really good examples. Do you remember Lamar Jackson, uh, back in Lamar Jackson's MVP season when he was on the sideline after he scored it like a sick touchdown and threw on a pair of Oakleys and it went viral? Yeah, if you're Oakley, you're going to want to capitalize on that, right? So you want to sign Lamar Jackson and have him be a brand ambassador for your product because that's, you know, organic reach. There's... You don't have to sell people on the fact that Lamar is using your product. So now Oakley can go and sign Lamar and have him in any content, commercial, whatever, with no problems if he's not wearing any Baltimore Ravens gear. But if they pay the Ravens to for the rights to use their logos, marks, anything like that, then Lamar can appear in Oakley commercials and content wearing a Ravens uniform. So how does that equate to the pro teams having the leverage? Well, in a case like that, the Ravens could have gotten ahead of it 
and approached Oakley saying, look, we know you want to work with Lamar. We know what your campaigns look like. And we know that you like to have players in uniform in your campaign when you work with sports teams. So let's work out a deal. And in that case, they would have the high ground in negotiations at that point because they could frame it as, if you want that, you need to get this. Another good example is uh, Steph Curry and Under Armour. Nike is the official apparel partner of the NBA. Therefore, no team, in this case the Warriors, can be sponsored by Under Armour. That means in all Under Armour commercials, photo shoots, content, or anything that they produce with Steph Curry, Steph or any other NBA player, for that matter, cannot be wearing any Warriors or team gear. That's a pretty high value proposition if you ask me from a brand perspective. Now, lastly, that brings me to my final point, and that's the differences between partnerships in college versus the pros. Professional teams are privately owned groups that own the rights to all marketing and multimedia assets involving the team. And this gives them the flexibility to do as they please, since all the expenses and revenue and liabilities and everything ultimately affects the same bottom line. That gives them the freedom to do trade deals and these leverage deals that we just talked about. College, on the other hand, works a little bit differently. The vast majority of colleges operate under what is called an MMR model. MMR stands for multimedia rights, and what that means for the bigger picture is typically there's a third party that gets into an MMR agreement with the university athletic department to purchase the multimedia and marketing rights to then sell and then make money through. Now, there's a whole lot that goes into these agreements, and of course they can vary by school, but they're usually made with a media agency like IMG Learfield, or in my case, I work for a relatively new company called Playfly Sports Properties, which does the same thing. These companies have the expertise and the resources to then sell these sponsorships and make money back and then some. Like that's their whole business model. So in my opinion, there's a lot less flexibility and a lot more hurdles to overcome in the collegiate space if you're a property. But if you're a brand weighing your options, in most cases, college sponsorship gives you more bang for your buck due to more uh, loyal fan bases and the direct connection to the alumni network. Like that's huge for some brands. Now, in the pro leagues, you can probably get a little bit more creative with some of these activations, but from a high-level point of view, uh, that's kind of just my opinion on it. But that brings me to the end of this episode. If you guys liked that and found it informative, show me some love and check out my Instagram, at jlay02. I'll be posting more updates and info on there. And let me know what you guys think, too. You know, What are some brands that you've noticed working in sports? Are there any that you think should be but maybe aren't? Um, if you were a brand, who would you want to work with and why? Whether it's a, a pro team, a college team you know, in whatever league or conference that you think, you know, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to hear your responses and what you guys would like to hear from me next. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And that's wrap for this episode.